It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on all things BYU athletics. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, this is your team every day. We're going to be talking a lot of BYU football today, talking about if BYU in their current iteration as a football program should harken back to the heyday of Lavelle Edwards when it comes to coaches coming and going from the football program. We'll talk about that here in this first segment. Second segment of the show, wanted to talk a little bit about the running back position once again. It's a position group that is in need of an influx of talent. Zach Hicken from KSL Sports wrote a good column on graduate transfer running backs and ones that BYU may target that are in the transfer portal reportedly. We'll talk about that in the second segment, and then we'll catch up on everything else we haven't touched on in the final segment of the show. That's the layout of how we're going to do things today, so let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for February 20th, 2019. All right, guys, I'm Jay Catch, host of Locked On Cougars on the Locked On Podcast Network. I cover the BYU football programs and athletic department for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, and I am your daily host and BYU insider here on this podcast, bringing you everything you need to know about BYU athletics every day. Thanks again for joining me. A reminder for you guys, if you do enjoy listening to podcasts, especially this one, you can make it real easy on yourself when you're listening to them by using your smart device in your car, your phone, or whatever you have. All you have to do is tell it, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you're the latest and greatest in BYU news right there for you. All right, let's talk about this. Last week, of course, the news coming that Eric Mateos is the new offensive line coach for BYU, and it stirred up a debate on Twitter that I thought was kind of interesting that I wanted to delve into a little bit here, and it's the question of if BYU as a football program should be a destination school for coaches or if it should be a feeder program for other college football programs, a stepping stone school, if you will. And I... I get both sides of the argument. Some BYU fans want BYU to be that destination school, and I think there will be certain coaches. Let's look at Kalani Satake, for example, that BYU is a destination for them. That's where they want to be. Kalani Satake, ever since he was growing up in Missouri and also playing for BYU, has always wanted to be back at BYU coaching for the Cougars. He owes a lot, he feels like, to this football program, so it's a destination for him. He would like to see BYU succeed. He's excited to be the head coach, the first Tongan head coach in college football. He enjoys being there. But should that be the the hard and fast rule when it comes to BYU football? I don't think so. And I do this, I, I bring up this argument because I feel like Kalani Satake, and hopefully he's embracing this, I haven't had a chance to speak with him about this, and I might at some point down the road, but... I feel like he understands that BYU in the current uh, stratosphere that is the college football environment, 
BYU has to kind of play both sides of the coin here. I would advocate for BYU to be a feeder program, a stepping stone school for young coaches that come in, show what they can do in two to three years. Let's say Ryan Pugh, for example, even though he was only here for one year with BYU, showed what he could do with BYU's offensive line, and he's off to bigger and better things as the offensive coordinator at Troy. I think that BYU should have a guy who believes BYU is his destination as the head coach, but then the other nine assistant positions underneath him or ten assistant positions underneath him, if there if there are guys that want to be at BYU, want it to be a destination, great. Hold on to those guys. If you go back to the Lavelle Edwards coaching tree, for every Roger French, who was a BYU lifer for the most part, he coached at other places, had other stops in his coaching career. For every one of those guys, there was the Doug Scoville, who was here for two years, I believe, on two different stints, but then went off to be a head coach and coach other places. If BYU wants, well, okay, not if BYU wants, if there are guys in their coaching career who see BYU as their end all be all, great, go for it. But I think that BYU, in the current uh, format of how their football program is, and especially dealing with the financial constraints they're dealing with, we're seeing college football assistants making north of $1 million a year. I don't see BYU joining that club anytime soon. Kalani Satake, it's rumored that he is just over a million dollars a year as the head coach at BYU, which is comparative to his peers and the kind of the the uh, level that BYU plays at. That's a very paltry sum in all in all reality, just in the current environment of college football. So. BYU, in my opinion, needs to be a feeder school. Now, if uh, if you're saying, well, BYU wasn't that under Lavelle Edwards. Au contraire, my friend. BYU very much was a feeder school during Lavelle Edwards' tenure. He had a lot of guys come and go on to their next stop, on to being head coaches, all that different stuff. Sure, he had longtime assistants. I already mentioned Roger French. Norm Chow was there for a long time, went on to bigger and better things, but spent over two decades in Provo. Uh, Dave Cragthorpe spent nearly a decade at BYU. Uh, there, so for every one of those guys who was a longtime assistant at BYU, there were a number of guys who spent a short stint at BYU. I'm going to run on some of these names here. Mike Holmgren was a quarterback's coach for four years, a little longer than some of these other guys will bring up, but it was four years working with Steve Young and also Robbie Bosco before going on to bigger and better things, most notably becoming the head coach in the NFL, the Seattle Seahawks, etc. Also worked with the Cleveland Browns. Um, Dave Cragthorpe, we already mentioned. Kyle Whittingham played for Lavelle Edwards. Uh, got a lot of the things he learned from him. Fred Whittingham spent a significant amount of time on Lavelle Edwards' staff before going on to being an NFL assistant coach. Robert Anai was a player for him and you learned a lot from Lavelle Edwards, but didn't spend a lot of time coaching at BYU until he came back to BYU when Bronco Mendenhall took over. So he's more on the Bronco Mendenhall coaching tree there. Brian Billick spent time as graduate assistant after a player after being a player for Lavelle Edwards. I uh, went on to great things in the NFL, winning a Super Bowl there. Ted Tolner was a BYU offensive coordinator for a time. Doug Scoville. These names, these guys spent one to two to maybe three years at BYU before going on to other things. So the biggest thing for BYU right now, like I said, 
with the financial constraints that the football program deals with, having to pay guys, etc., you're going to have to swing on guys like Eric Mateos coming from a Texas state, uh, Ryan Pugh coming from UT San Antonio. Uh, you have to you have to take those chances on those guys. Hope that they pan out, show well for the however long they want to be at BYU, and then go on to bigger and better things. I think AJ Stewart falls in that mix. A guy from Rice who spent most of his career, and uh, actually, in fact, his entire coaching career before coming to BYU was at Rice. But I could see him potentially moving on to something. He's doing very good things, coaching the running backs at BYU, searching out new talent, and we'll talk more about that in the next segment when it comes to graduate transfers but I think the BYU if there are guys out there if you have if you you have a guy like a Steve Clark who wants to be at BYU for a long time you look back to Steve Kafusi, Paul Tidwell guys that enjoy being at BYU they're comfortable coaching with BYU the constraints that BYU deals with academically socially with the honor code etc if they're okay with that, lock those guys up. No problem. Get Elisa Tuiaki on board, Ed Lamb on board. Get those guys locked in. Make them a longtime contributor and a longtime assistant coach at BYU. That's great. Having that continuity can't hurt a program. But there are going to be opportunities for young coaches and Eric Mateos, who's just kind of getting started on his path, at Ryan Pugh as well, etc., you open up the door for these guys, and I can even go on the defensive side. You look over at a guy like a Preston Hadley, who played at BYU, but also went to Snow College, spent time coaching at the JC ranks, Weber State, before landing at BYU. Gennaro Guilford played at BYU, coached at Southern Utah, etc., before coming to BYU. If they're okay being at BYU long-term, great, but if they also want to move up in the coaching ranks, they're probably going to have to go elsewhere. This gives them an opportunity at BYU. It's got a big enough name, a big enough reputation, a national following that they can go out, make their name, show what they can do, and other coaches from around the country are going to take note of that. I think that's exactly what happened with Ryan Pugh. Granted, he already had an existing relationship with Chip Lindsey, who was the Auburn offensive coordinator, I believe had coached Pugh and also just knew him from their time in the Southeast together. When Lindsey got the head coach as the Troy Trojans head coach, he wanted Ryan Pugh as his offensive coordinator and you can't fault a guy from jumping from an offensive line position to being an offensive coordinator regardless of what conference it's in I know that he's going to the G5 but he's an offensive coordinator and you can't discount that experience as a young coach so plain and simple Kalani Satake this is just Jay Catch's opinion speaking here needs to make BYU a destination school for the guys that want to be at BYU I don't think there are necessarily thousands and thousands of them it probably numbers in the tens at the very most but also give an opportunity for young coaches who have talent Jeff Grimes hit on Ryan Pugh he expects to hit again with Eric Mateos here as the offensive offensive line coach at BYU trust him let them come in, show what they can do, and if they're off to bigger and better things, wish them well, thank them for their time, because if they do good things at BYU, that normally results in wins. Is that, isn't that what you want as a fan? You want wins. You want to see BYU go out on the field and win games. So that's the net positive that comes out of all of it, and I think that that's why BYU should pursue this channel of how they're going to go about coaching. If there are guys that want to be at BYU long-term, lock them up. I have no problem with that. But BYU in the current format of the college football universe where they're not going to pay the going rate for head coaches, coordinators, and assistant coaches, 
you got to take young guys, take a chance on them. If they hit, great. You hit the jackpot. You got wins, et cetera. They move on to bigger and better things. But you also benefit in the format of your program having a higher profile simply due to the fact that you're having success on the field. All right, we'll step aside here. We'll come back, talk a little bit about BYU running backs. A great article from KSL Sports, Zach Hick and one of their producers also doing some writing as well talked about some of the options BYU may have in the graduate transfer department when it comes to running backs we'll talk about those names next before we do that though do want to ask an important favor of you here on the locked on podcast network we'd like your help we've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite locked on podcast locked on cougars hopefully even better this is your opportunity to tell me and the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network what you like and tell us what you don't like. It should take about 15 minutes to complete. By participating, you enter the chance to win a $250 Vivid Seats gift card to buy tickets to the Jazz, Cougars, whatever you want to go to. All you have to do is go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey to participate. That's LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. We appreciate your feedback. More in a moment. This is Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Locked on Cougars. We are your daily podcast focused on all things BYU and the running back position group for BYU continues to be a topic of discussion. Uh, BYU still looking for talent to add to the roster and there's been the kind of the hullabaloo over the whole BYU's not able to get guys enrolled in graduate classes but they are pursuing guys on the graduate transfer market. I think the coaching staff understands that there's a certain benchmark that guys need to be able to hit, and they're doing their best to find that. Uh, they're bringing in a kid, uh, JC transfer, and Alec Weibel Meza. He's going to be a JC kid. I think he's definitely going to be a guy to keep an eye on simply due to the fact that he is a JC product who's played at the collegiate level. Granted, it was at the junior college level, but he was productive at that level. At the very minimum, he can help add to the uh, to the overall depth of the running back position group. Well, Zach Hicken did a great job, and this is at kslsports.com. He wrote this article, and I'll link this in the show notes. I uh, said that in the article, he said, after the 2018 season, 42 college running backs have entered their names into the tra- NCAA transfer portal, including former BYU Cougar Riley Burt. He landed at Utah State. He said, of the 42, and this is after as of time of writing, this, this could have changed, he said that 15 have committed to a new school so far, and he said that they list, made a list of players who are immediately eligible to Graduate transfers include players like Taj Griffin from Oregon, Eric Swinney from Ole Miss, Kyle Porter from Texas, and Tyson Williams from South Carolina. 
I think those four players were all highly recruited athletes in high school and they've played at power five level and they're looking for their kind of their next stop when it comes to their next college destination. I've heard the name Taj Griffin and also Tyson Williams when I've talked to people who are linked to the BYU football program and have kind of been paying attention to how things are shaking out on the recruiting front. But it's going to be interesting to see if BYU can get a guy into graduate transfer to get a graduate transfer into school. They did it a year ago with Dylan. Collie. I know they've been working to try and get a kid from Rice who AJ Stewart coached, Emmanuel Asupa into school at BYU, but as of yet that has not panned out. So could they get a kid like Tyson Williams to enroll at BYU? I don't know, but these are highly uh, recruited athletes who haven't seen their collegiate careers play out the way they expected them to when they were 18-year-old freshmen. I really think that BYU should be a bigger player in the transfer market because young men who are 18 years old get the stars in their eyes. They go see the organs of the world. They go see USC. They go see Alabama, Clemson. They see the high level, the top of the top, and that's what they want to see because they got the stars in their eyes. I'm going to the NFL. And when things don't play out like they expected one or two years into their collegiate careers, they're a little more mature at that point, and they understand, okay, well, maybe this isn't all about the glitz and glamour of when I was being recruited. They want something. They want a place that they can go play. Well, I think that's when BYU can step in because they've kind of gone to school. They've kind of figured out what they want out of their collegiate and also academic careers, etc. Well, that's at least what you hope. And I think that's when BYU can step in because BYU, let's be honest, for an 18-year-old young man who's not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who doesn't have familiarity with what the church espouses in terms of its morals and the moral code, especially at BYU, turns off certain guys to BYU to begin with when they're 18 years old coming straight out of high school going into college. I think older athletes understand that, hey, there's some value to that. It, keep, it keeps distractions away, etc. And that can be a chip that BYU can play up when it comes to graduate transfers. The problem is, is can BYU get those guys into school, get them on the football program, and allow them to produce? It's a great question because we've heard a lot of stories about BYU having issues of guys getting into school, and Kalani Satake and Tom Homo have very forcefully um, fought back on that notion, saying that, no, we can still get guys into school, and it's not as big of a deal as people are making it out to be, but it's still an issue, plain and simple. BYU academics, the admissions department, they're playing hardball. And this is not just a BYU football department issue. It's a BYU it's a BYU athletics issue. I know multiple Olympic sports coaches, let's call them that, the other sports in the BYU athletic department, are fed up with the admissions. We're talking sports where kids have great grades, want to go to BYU, but the admissions department says, eh, nope, not happening. This admissions department at BYU has got to figure things out. Either play ball with BYU athletics, be, let, allow it to be the front porch of the university, like most universities make their athletic departments, allow it to bring exposure to the school, allow it to bring in the millions and millions of dollars that BYU football in particular brings in, or say, okay, well, we're going to be an elite academic school, but don't expect us to win at a high level. And I've said that before on this podcast, and I'll say it again a million times. BYU's got to decide what they want to be. 
I understand that they're the flagship school for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They're an undergraduate-oriented university that wants to help young men and young women go out and, to quote the BYU school motto, the world is our campus. They want kids to go out into the world and be good people, be leaders of men, etc., leaders of men and women, etc. They want... Uh, BYU to be thought of highly in the world at large. Well, athletics has been previously espoused as a missionary tool for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I don't know if that necessarily is the case, because if BYU admissions is going to play hardball and not let graduate transfers, let's say a kid from Rice that wants to go to school at BYU, and I have no qualm saying that Rice is a better academic school than BYU in the national rankings. I don't think anybody can argue that. And they can't get him into graduate tra- graduate program to go to school at BYU and play football for one year. Wow, I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't add up. It makes it even tough. Uh, it makes a tough job that Kalani Sitake and these other coaches at BYU have even tougher. And. I don't think there's an easy answer for it. And I, I can beat on that drum all I want. I don't have a, the ear of BYU admissions, nor the, do they care probably to listen to some jabroni who does a radio show in Salt Lake City and has a podcast that talks BYU. I wish they did because I think that they're looking at things a little too narrowly. They should be a little more expansive and open-minded to, to certain things, but that's just me. So We'll see if a guy like Tyson Williams, Taj Griffin, these these players that Zach Hicken mentions as graduate transfers, definitely could help BYU. Guys that were high-level athletes in high school, recruited very highly, have been to the P5 level. They understand football at a very high level. Could they come in and help BYU? Well, on paper, it appears they, they might be able to. The issue is, can you get them into school? And That's a great question. All right, I'll step off my soapbox now. We'll come back, final segment on the show. Catch up on some of the other news and BYU sports. Uh, recruiting class for BYU women's volleyball announced yesterday. We'll run down those names next, right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars as we close out this Wednesday edition of the show, a hump day edition. Hopefully you guys are all having a great week. Had Monday off. Hopefully the short work week is working out the way you wanted it to. As we wrap up things today, wanted to run down some results from earlier this week and also some things coming up starting today, etc. We'll start off with women's golf. They were in 12th place at the Rebel Beach Invitational there in Las Vegas. Well, they actually had a great final round, the best round, in fact, of all the teams at the tournament. Ended up moving up to 8th place. So so congratulations, I guess, to BYU Women's Golf on the decent showing. I'm sure they would have liked to show better. Uh, Rose Huang led the way for BYU with a 
total score of plus 12. She finished tied for 25th. BYU is a team shot plus 58, which had them tied for 8th with New Mexico and Nevada at 30, uh, their final score. They had 303 in the final round, which, the, like I mentioned, was one of the best final rounds in the tournament. So congratulations once again to BYU Women's Golf. They will be back in action heading out to the Gold Rush Tournament in Seal Beach, California next week. We'll preview, preview for that when it comes up later this week. And awards handed out yesterday in women's gymnastics. Senior Shannon Evans added yet another weekly award and also sophomore Abby Miner. They earned Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Specialist of the Week honors for their performances on the bars and the floor, respectively, against Boise State. Evans scored a 9.95 on the uneven bars as she shared the honor with Boise State's Shani Remy and Emily Mullenhaupt. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Uh, so congratulations to Shannon Evans. She continues her weekly honor streak to six straight weeks. So that's awesome to see. And then Abby Miner, she set a career best 9.925 on the beam. She shared the honor with Utah State's Madison Ward Sessions. So once again, congratulations to the women's gymnastics team on the two Specialists of the Week honors. I mentioned before the break, and this will be our final thing we hit on before we wrap up today, is that BYU women's volleyball made that run to the national uh, semifinals, the final four a year ago. They have announced seven new additions to, of signees to the program. Joining the Cougars in 2019 are Aaron Anderson, Morgan Bauer, Abby Dayton, Kate Griffer, Kate, sorry, Kate Grimmer, excuse me, Morgan Johnson, Grace Wee, and Callie Whitney. So congratulations to all seven players. Some of them have already enrolled at BYU, including Bauer. She's an Under Armour and Prep Volleyball High School All-American from Nampa, Idaho. I also added a transfer from Salt Lake Community College, Whitney. Uh, speaking of Callie Whitney, she transferred from Salt Lake Community College. She's a native of South Jordan, Utah. She's a defensive specialist, so congratulations to her. She's a two-time academic All-American at Slick. So, hey, some junior college players can get into BYU. Maybe BYU football can tap into this route. I don't know. Her, her Two of her brothers, Brock and Derek, you'll probably remember Brock Whitney's name particularly, played baseball at BYU. So congratulations to all seven players. Some of them enrolled already with BYU in their spring season, et cetera, going on. The rest of them expected to enroll this summer ahead of the fall season. And hopefully they're able to live up to the standard. Heather Olmstead's built an elite college volleyball program, which would make Elaine Michaelis the longtime BYU legend, coached volleyball most notably at BYU, would make her very proud. And these young, these seven athletes have a big standard to live up to, but I'm expecting that Heather Olmstead has done her due diligence and found athletes that she believes can succeed at BYU. So best of luck to them. All right, there you go. That is the podcast for today. A reminder for you guys to use your smart device when you get in your car. Tell it play podcast Locked On Cougars or any other of the other Locked On Podcast Network podcasts. You can get all of them. All you have to do is say, hey, play podcast Locked On whatever, but particularly Locked On Cougars, and you'll have the latest and greatest in BYU news right there for you. Also a reminder tomorrow, well, I guess an update, tomorrow I'm expected to catch up with Andrew Gentry. He is one of the top offensive line prospects in the Western United States. His older brother plays at BYU. He holds BYU in high regard. What are the chances BYU can land this four-star prospect? I'll be interviewing him. That'll be played on either tomorrow or Friday's podcast, pending if we're able to get him. We're expecting to have him tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. It might be Friday. might be tomorrow. Tune in and find out. Thanks again for joining me. It's been a blast to bring this to you guys each and every day. Once again, this has been Locked on Cougars for February 20th, 2019.
NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.